0: today I just want to be like Emily and so I've got an iPad so if it all crashes and I just have to add Lib just blame Emily I just want to be (laughs) like her and and Mari my message actually even if no one else was in the room you you will probably find a lot of um, encouragement out of it which is interesting so I was meant to preach on Mother's Day we get a roster and um, my name was next to Mother's Day and I'm like oh okay, you know, Mother's Day is meant to be when you rest, but I will lay down my life and I will (laughs) preach. And then Ben goes about a week before, oh, by the way, can you not preach on Mother's Day? There's no one to lead worship on Mother's Day, so you have to do that. Can you preach today? And I was like, okay, I'm laying down my life. I'm the perfect wife. You know, I'm incredible. And so (laughs) I preached, so I rejigged my message so that it would fit not Mother's Day. And then... um, I won't tell you the whole story because Benito would be embarrassed. But um, anyway, yesterday Ben was like, so I just want to clarify because he'd heard me sort of talking about it the day before. So you know it's this and the purpose is this. And I went, really? I didn't know that because I don't know if any of you are like this, but sometimes I don't listen to exactly what Ben is. He just goes on and on and, and I go, okay. And I didn't listen to the... The brief. I didn't listen to the instructions, and so yesterday I had to rejig it again. It's not that big a change, but so if it's really bad, can we all blame Ben? (laughs) No, he's wonderful, and and if it's bad, I'll blame God because (sighs) is that worse? (laughs) Oh, if you get nothing out of it, I blame you because your heart's not open. No. It is what it is and unfortunately I have the mic. So. Thank you God. So, continuing on the theme of God is today I'm going to be talking about God is caring. God is caring. So, what does that mean? So, I've got a few scriptures um Oh no, sorry, can we go back? I'm not up to this bit yet. So I looked up the definition of caring because I love dictionaries, as my family would know. Um, care is the provision of what is needed for the well being or protection of a person or a thing. Care is to be concerned or solicitous, solicitous, solicitous whatever that means, have thought or regard. I did look it up, but I can't remember. (laughs) Have thought or regard. Care is to make provision or look out for. Care is to have an inclination, a liking, a fondness or an affection. To watch over, to be responsible for. Care is to be troubled or concerned, be affected emotionally. And all the women, yay, that's very sexist. Anyway, care is to provide physical needs, help or comfort for. Now there will be an exam at the end of this and you need to answer, write down all those definitions. So please, hopefully you were listening. That is what caring is, because we have heard God is caring probably a whole life, but sometimes I think we forget what that actually means. And when I thought about finding scriptures, because, you know, I love scriptures up there, I thought, where on earth do I start? Because the Bible is filled with scriptures about how caring God is, and how do I choose which ones? So I just picked a few random ones, but I encourage you to go and find your own if you need to. So the first one. Oh, Sam. Everyone turn and look at it was me, apparently it was me. There you go. <laughs> 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Give all your worries and anxious cares to God, for he cares about you. That means he has forethought and interest. I looked up the Greeks, and that's where I got those definitions from. I don't know which button to press. Oh. Goodness, Deuteronomy 1, 31. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you travelled through the wilderness just as a father cares for his child. Lifts up and carries is the Greek, um, Hebrew, not the Greek. Now he has brought you to this place. 1 Samuel 25, 29. Even when you are chased by those who... Seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God. Secure in his treasure pouch. How incredible is that picture? But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. Your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God. Secure in his treasure pouch. I don't even know what a treasure pouch is to be honest. But it it does sound very secure and close and... Yeah, it's nice. Psalm 31, verse 7. I might just leave it with you, Sam, if you want to change it. Awesome. I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love, for you have seen my troubles and you care about the anguish of my soul. Psalm 55, 22. Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. Guide be present, sustain, make provision and provide sustenance. That was, that's what that care means. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Psalm 116, 15. And I put this one in because I just like it. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. I don't know why, I just thought he actually cares a lot. And the last scripture for the, for this bit so, uh, I Ziah, I, I, um, 46, three and four. Listen to me, descendants of Jacob, all you who remain in Israel. I have cared for you since you were born. Yes, I strongly carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime. Until your hair is white with age. Bring on grey hair. I made you and I will care for you. Carry to bear. Strongly laid. I will carry you along and save you. Those scriptures are so incredible. Is that a guava? I thought you were going to eat it. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway. Um. They are so filled with, with just the incredible promises and richness of how much God cares. So, I could probably preach for hours about how much God cares, but I've picked three things that really stand out to me. I'm hoping they will impact you this morning. And we're just going to cover three aspects of how much God cares. The first thing is, God cares about your needs, God is your source. God is your provider. And you will probably all know this. Over and over in Scripture, God tells us that he is our, um, our, I can't say it now, our, I can't say S's every now and then. Our source. If anyone wants to jump in, feel feel free. He will provide. You know, that's an incredible A word that S word because um, sometimes I think my job is my S word, but it's not. God provides. He uses other things, but at the end of the day, God is the one who makes sure that your bills are paid. You've got food on the table. You're warm. You've got friendships. God is God is our source. In Genesis 22, Abraham used this a name for God. Does anyone know what it is? It it's means God will provide. Who knows what it is? Jehovah Jireh. Abraham uses this for the first time He des- and he is describing that God will provide or God, the, a- the actual um, meaning of it is God sees it. S- uh, no, he, um, oh, all these S's, God sees it sees to it so if there's a need he will he will see to it he will fix it he will provide God will God will provide what I need and in there's another scripture it's Psalm 65 9 there it is you take care of the earth and water it that is so interesting God doesn't just take care of us, he takes care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain, for you have ordered it so. And then in Philippians, this classic scripture, probably most of you can quote it. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. The very... creation of mankind is all about God providing a lush beautiful paradise with everything that we need to live full rich lives back in the Garden of Eden he even created woman because he knew man needed her so I'm not just talking about food and material things like clothes and a roof over your head when I'm talking about God caring I'm talking about everything you need in life support not just emotional support, but every other support, companionship, relationships, friendships. You know, the human beings, human beings need those things as much as they need food and clothing. So if you are struggling in that area of your life, go to God because he will provide. Friendships, companionships, relationships, comfort. Comfort sometimes is not a necessity. Maybe I don't know. Sometimes you think it's not what I—it's not about what I want. But God promises to provide what I need. Well, there's so many scriptures about how God brings comfort. He knows at times we need comfort for fun. He knows we need to laugh and have fun. Purpose, fulfillment, growth. We need to grow. Maturity, we can't stay little kids for the rest of our lives. All these things, things that he knows we need. And you know, the incredible thing is God sent the Holy Spirit so that he wouldn't just supply our needs from up there in heaven, but he would be right with us, walking with us. The Holy Spirit lives in us, so he knows intimately what, we need, And he promised us to supply every need that we have. John 14: 15 and 16 talks about the Holy Spirit, "If you love me, keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you, to help you. Sometimes we forget that the Holy Spirit is with us to help us. So God cares about our needs. The next area that I want us to talk about is God cares about you personally. Did you know that God knows your name and all about you? God knows that my name, your name is Phil Petch and you're married to beautiful Sue and he knows where you live. He knows your kids. He knows your name. He knows Andrea and Jack and Maria and Maria Christina, no, <laughs> Chris. You know, um, the average book, I looked this up, the average novel has probably 20 to 30 characters named in it. This is how I'm going to prove to you that God knows your name, by the way. But who's read Tolstoy's War and Peace? How many characters do you reckon... It- are in that book? How many people? How many different names? Anyone want to guess? 200? Any other guesses? Have I got higher? A 1,000. Who said that, Roy? Oh, you... No, actually, it's 559 characters. So the average novel is 20 to 30. Tolstoy. I've never read it, and I don't think I ever will. Emma probably has. But the Bible... Have a guess how many people are mentioned in the Bible? 32,000? No. There's there's only 1,189 chapters in the Bible. All right, so let's just keep it in perspective. There are 3,237 different people mentioned in the Bible. There's only 1,189 chapters in the Bible, so that's in every chapter, there's at least three different people mentioned, and obviously it's not quite like that, but that's the averages. And do you know, there are important sections of genealogy. If you know anything about, about genealogy, and honestly I just know a smidge, is really important, like that's the, um, like the heritage, the, the generational whose dad was whose. Um, there's um, 14 different books in the Bible that have significant important um, genealogies written in there and in the whole Bible there's 35 different genealogies and there's only, there are only 66 different books in the Bible so in half of them there's a significant genealogy and the reason why I'm telling you all this Because the genealogies, they put your name, your whole name, mostly. Then they tell you whose dad you were. They often tell uh, tell us who their siblings were, what their role was, and sometimes even where they lived. The reason why I think there are so many genealogies in the Bible and so many different names, individual names, is it demonstrates God's interest in individual people. God does not view his kingdom of people as a vague bunch. He knows each person by name and he sees their purpose with specificity. I I don't know why I wrote that word down. And and precision. He doesn't just know who you are. He knows about you. He knows your name. He knows who your siblings are. He knows your birth order and all the issues that it creates, I'm a middle child and honestly, it's just not fair. It's not fair. Anyway, and all the middle children go, yeah, it's not fair. He knows who's your, who your parents are. He knows how they've treated you when you were growing up. He knows the good stuff that has happened in your life and the not so good stuff. The Bible is filled with little stories about the individual events and emotions that people in the Bible had and how God interacts. There's lots of little stories about how this person was battling with that or whatever and you read it, you discover God is interested in individual people. God cares about the little things that go on in your life. I really want you to grasp that God knows Christina and that she picks up half the church on a regular basis, and she loves playing cards. Like she knows that. She knows Joe, who battles with aches and pains and has an incredible granddaughter that you love to death. And she knows Joe. God knows you better than you know yourself. Not just your physical body, but the emotional you, the intellectual you, Andrea. (laughs) Very smart. The psychological you, oh, that's scary. (laughs) He understands how you're made up. I don't understand how I'm made up, but God understands. He knows all about your ADHD, your ASD, your OCD, your DCD, your LDD and your A and D. They're all medical terms. (laughs) He understands how your brain thinks. He understands neurons and everything else that goes on in our heads. He understands how you process things, what music you like, what movies you like, what makes you tick, what pushes your buttons. He knows what your triggers are. He knows what relaxes you. He knows what makes your heart sing, what eases your stress and what you love. He knows who you love and who you struggle with. To even smile at sometimes. He knows how tired you get, how grumpy you get, how frustrated you get and how hurt you feel. God knows you. He knows you. He doesn't just know about you. He doesn't just know that you're, he just knows you and we forget. God knows us individually. God cares about you personally. The first one is God cares about your needs. God cares about you personally. And the last thing I just want to focus on, oh, it just went big, is God cares about the details. Well, you might say, what has that got to do with God being caring? My handwriting teacher, you know, back in the day, they had handwriting lessons. Who who ever had to sit through handwriting lessons? Who has got no idea what that might even be? where you ha- the the teacher wrote, like there were these lines on the board and they'd do like an H and you had to do the top bit, they had to go to the middle line, had to do the little flick at the end and if you did it wrong, I never got my hand smacked but write it again. And we had handwriting books where you wrote handwriting. Yeah, well, we won't talk about that, will we? <laughs> so when you say God is cares about the details, your mind just goes, probably goes back to the handwriting teacher and you're like, well, that's not good. <laughs> but the best example I have of caring about the details and how it can be a good thing, who, yeah, anyway, is the example of an anaesthetist. Now, as you know, you all know, I'm an anaesthetic nurse and anaesthetists know so much, it blows my mind. They are one of the smartest people on the planet and i'm not going to go through all of that but you're the anaesthetists like they care about the ridiculous detail which for you having an anesthetic you are so grateful because they keep you alive because they know how much drug to give you how much oxygen how much how many meals um, um, of oxygen you need to inhale with each breath and how much Pressure should go into the anesthetic machine so they don't burst your lungs or so that you have enough. They know what your blood pressure needs to be and what medication they need to give to keep it that way. Now I could go on and on and on, but I am constantly blown away by the detail and the knowledge they have and anaesthetists generally, and I am generalising, are one of the most uh, OCD people on the planet, and you need to be grateful for that, because anaesthetics generally go without a hitch, because they care about the details. The details make all the difference. And you know, everything is made up, and you know this, everything is made up of tiny building blocks of some sort, I could go into atoms and molecules and cells. But it is critical that those building blocks have the right detail. Look at DNA. If there's one little thing not right, it can be challenging. God loves detail. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but this blows my mind. God loves detail. And the reason why it is so incredible when you follow the train of thought. Because God does, why does he love detail? Because he does everything properly. He's not half-baked or slapdash. He does not do half a job and get distracted and move on to the next um, more exciting uh, project. He doesn't get fed up and lose interest. When he starts something, he does it properly. He finishes it. And there is nowhere that we see this more clearly than in creation. Has anyone ever looked at, really looked at creation? Taking the time to see the little details in everything, absolutely everything. I actually wanted to preach a whole message on this because it just blows my mind. I had all these pictures, I was just going to, I think I had about 100 pictures of just macroscopic creation. Because it is so incredible and even though I'm going to tell you about it, the only way you're going to really get it in you is when you start to look at creation. You know, the detail, the detail in creation blows my mind. What it does for me is it actually breaks me. Like it either fills me with incredible hope because of the detail, or it makes me fall on my knees and just worship, because the detail is incredible. Watch a David Attenborough documentary. Ignore all the stuff you don't can't cope with about evolution, but just look at the pictures. Hear hear about the animals. Or take pick up one of those um, you know those coffee table with photo books that have got incredible photos. Look at them and really take the time to look at the images, see the detail, and then step back and have a look at the beauty as a whole. Go outside and take a walk in a park or along the beach. Go look at a sunset. You know, Ben and I live not far from here, obviously, and we have the incredible blessing to be able to walk down to where the esplanade is, and we will often of an evening go down there and watch the sun set over the, over the, the ocean. You know, just a, simple, just a simple sunset is mind-blowing, and you need to go over and over and over again because no sunset is the same. They're different every time. The colours, the colours, and it's not even like it's just the one colour. It changes, almost minute by minute. The colours change in the clouds. The clouds pick up the colours. The other morning when we were out running, along the esplanade, it was the morning, and there were clouds over the ocean that picked up the colours from the other side of the planet, because that's where the, that's where the sun comes up, and that's we. They were just. Reflecting the colours, it was it was absolutely incredible. You know, even a boring sunset is mind blowing because even if there's no colours, no clouds, because you get to watch the sun. And have you ever watched the have you ever watched the sun slip over the horizon? It's it is mind blowing when you think about what the the um, the um, uh, sun is just a ball of fire. Or, you know, sometimes with the sunset, there is a lot of dense cloud cover. You can't even view the sun. But, you know, I was thinking about that. That's actually really incredible because, you know, and I even wrote this down, you know, the sun travels 150 million kilometers to reach the earth. So it's burning through um, space, 150 million kilometers to hit the earth. And then it hits these clouds, and what are clouds made of? Water vapour. And the water vapour, water, stops, stops the light, doesn't come through. So even when there's no sun, it's dark, you go, oh my goodness, the clouds have stopped the light, or diffused it, actually absorbed it and diffused it. But that is incredible. Incredible. But half the time, we're so busy with life. We're so busy, so bowed down with worries and care. You know, my mum, who's 91, she lives in a retirement village, and she told me there's this lady in the village who, and I don't know the name of the condition, but she's bent over like this. and She can never not lift her head up. Like that's how she goes about life. And sometimes I think we do that. We just get caught up and we don't lift our eyes and look. Creation, you can just take a step back and view it and be blown away by the the beauty or you can look closely at the detail. Google macroscopic photography. Google it. I challenge you to go home. Google macroscopic, oh, I can't even talk, macroscopic photography. You know, I had all these incredible pictures of spiders. I know you all hate spiders, but if you look closely at them, the colour and the detail of the colour, like there was this, I didn't know this, this, there's this blue tarantula, it's the colour of um, Jackie's top, a tarantula, massive big thing, and it's that colour. But most of them have tiny little colours and their eyes There's this one cute spider had all these fluffy bits and four eyes across here. It was incredible. And then insect eyes, there's so many little bits. Like, I'm not very smart, but what we need to do is look at creation and be blown away by the detail. I know I'm harping on about it, but if we, and I've started doing this slowly over the last few years... And it blows my mind. Underwater underwater sea creatures. Has anyone macroscopically look, look, looked at macroscopic pictures of underwater sea creatures? There's all the weird ones that live in the depths. And then there's jellyfish that are so incredible, all the colours, like those big ones with floaty bits. Then there's like seahorses, there's coral, there's so many crazy fish. There was this fish, it's literally like a see-through fish and it opens its mouth and it's got oh I can't explain it and I had it as a picture but I chose not to use it but it is just incredible and birds birds the color of birds those rainbow lorikeets the color what like you know Ben talked about God being generous I think why would God make a multicolored uh, red and blue and green, like vibrant, those rainbow um, birds that fly around here, the green and then on the front, they're really colourful. Why would God do that? And I think he pointed out, because he's generous, he's generous with his coloured choices, he's generous with his His uh, the beauty that we can just enjoy. And, you know, if you look at those, take the time to look, And let it get in. It does something to your heart. It does something. I don't know how to explain it, but it does something. And the thing about that is that it um, shows me God cares about the detail. To put little colour splotches on a tiny tiny little jumping spider. Did you know there's a community of people who love jumping spiders? They have them in their house as pets. And the colours, they are, like they're, honestly, they're smaller than my, I think they're as small as my little finger. Yeah, iridescent. The colours are incredible. There's a little jumping spider that I'd probably squash. <laughs> leaves, leaves are another one, rocks. I want, I desperately want you to open your eyes and see the stunning display of God's character in creation. God's character, who he is, is in creation and we miss it. We miss it because we're walking around burdened, not intentionally but just busy, worried. God loves detail and you know when we open our eyes and acknowledge the detail in creation and let that get into us, it makes us believe in God again. It helps us to trust him, it brings us comfort, it encourages us, it causes us to have hope, to fall down on our knees in humility and worship. So what does that mean for you and me today? God cares about your needs, God cares about you personally and God cares about the details in your life. I just want to read a couple more scriptures. The first one, Isaiah 41, 10 to 13. Don't panic, I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll give you strength, I'll help you, I'll hold you steady, keep a firm grip on you, because I, your God, have a firm grip on you and I'm not letting you go. I'm telling you, don't panic. I'm right here to help you, you know, God cares about my needs, He knows me personally and cares about the details. so what how can that help me when I'm battling or st- struggling? I just want to read an exa- a little story of this in the Bible that I'm hoping will give you an example of how. It cuz you know sometimes when we go and have a look at creation we can be encouraged and then we go back to our house and have to deal with the issues or have to we go to work and have to battle through some stuff and you feel like sometimes god doesn't care cuz you've you've prayed and asked him to help but he's not changing anything and there's this, still this battle and we don't understand sometimes that why is life so tough when you tell me that you care, when you tell me that you want to help me? And there's just this st- story and it's from the book of Jonah and I hopefully it will just help you understand and hold on to God in those tough times. Jonah chapter 4. Everyone knows Jonah, uh, he was in the belly of the whale. So he, um, the God asked him to go and p- p- prophesy over this really evil city of Nineveh. With the hope that they, those Ninevites, Ninevites, would repent, come back to God. Otherwise, God was going to destroy everything. And Joseph, uh, Jonah didn't want to, but eventually he did, and they repented, and the whole city turned back to God. And when it's talking about this change of plans, God chooses not to destroy them because they repent. He, he, he. Changes his mind and doesn't just destroy them. So verse one, this changes this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. He became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that that you would uh, do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. Now I don't want to go into it too much, but I think the Ninevites must have been really, really horrible to the Israelites or to people. And so Jonah did not want them to be rescued. He wanted God God to destroy them because they were not a very nice group of people. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. I love this line. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. That's a relief, isn't it? Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. So God is having this conversation with, um, with this grumpy Jonah who's in a bad mood, very angry. He goes and pouts over here, and he, it was hot. And so God arranged for a leafy plant to grow to ease his discomfort. God grew a plant so that Jonah would be out of the sun. I, I don't even really think that's a necessity, but God did. So he did that for Jonah. Jonah was emotionally upset. He, he was exhausted. He'd, he was almost burnt out maybe from this trauma of being in the wellies, the wellies bale the whale's belly for three days or whatever so God actually knows and he went I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to be really nice he grows a plant so that Jonah has comfort that is an incredible example of God providing for our physical and our emotional needs knowing that Jonah needed that God provided but let's read on But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away and the sun grew hot. God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he explained. Then God said to Jonah, "'Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died?' "'Yes,' Jonah retorted, "'even angry enough to die.'" Very dramatic. Then the Lord said, "'You feel sorry about the plant, "'though you did nothing to put it there. "'It came quickly and died quickly. "'But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people "'living in spiritual darkness.'" Not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And this story, God knew that, that Jonah's physical and emotional needs were not the most important. So God arranged for a couple of other things that helped Jonah learn a lesson of compassion and love. You know, he didn't just need physical comfort and rest, but he needed to learn compassion and love. You know, and the other thing God used this to teach Jonah and us is more about the incredible depth of compassion and love that God has for everyone, even heathen people and animals so it is actually quite easy to lose sight of the fact that god is caring when you're going through something that's really really difficult that he cares about you that he knows you personally that he cares about the detail enough to complete what he begins but sometimes god is providing for us something something eternal, something that we might not uh, recognise. And I guess I just wanted that to be an example to encourage you, even though it's a bit of a crazy example of what God God did for Jonah. But Because I want us to remember that no matter what you're going through in your life, to encourage you not to lose heart, to not give up believing that God cares about you, to not feel like you've been abandoned but to realise that there is a bigger picture, that God God cares about the um, detail, he's not just forgotten or it's not like you're going through this issue and God's like, if I put cookies in the oven and then forget about them, he goes, oh whoops, I forgot, oh sorry, you've had that condition for quite some time, I'll fix you up. He's not Like that, when you're battling with something, even if it continues for a while, God knows. God loves you. God cares about you. But sometimes there's a bigger picture. Sometimes there's more he's doing in your life. I just want us to just close our eyes and just um, have a moment of reflection. God thank you that you um, care for us, that you care about our needs and you promise to provide. Your name is Jehovah Jireh. You're our provider. God, I thank you that you know each of us personally. You know our name. You know everything about our life. God, you're not some distant uh, great being who starts things and then steps back and just waits to see what will happen but God you know us intimately you know everything about us you know all the details about our life and about our world God thank you that you care about the details the small things Lord I pray that for every person here who is struggling to trust, struggling to believe that you care. Lord, I just ask that you would remind them of that today. Just remind them about your love and your comfort that you are caring. And if maybe you recognise and even just can tell in yourself that you may have begun to doubt God a bit or begun to worry and be anxious and get frustrated with your situation I just if that's you I just encourage that maybe you just want to tell God right now under your breath just mention to him and just ask him to help you to believe and to trust and to hope a bit longer God, I pray that this week that you would remind us, just Lord, even just in creation, in the things about creation that you have put there on purpose for us. Lord, that we would recognize you and be encouraged and be reminded of you being involved in our lives. That you are our closest friend and companion. You're our Father, you're our Creator. You're the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us and walks with us and that nothing is too difficult for you. God, we just commit, I just commit every single person in this room to you and I pray that you would encourage them. Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.